0: Kijinenda, we'll start with the Nokar Mantra.
1: Om Namo Adiantanam, Om Namo Sitanam, Om Namo Ayadianam, Om Namo Jayanam, Namo Lois of a Sahunam, Esopanchanamo Carlo, Salva Panasano, Mangalancher Salve Sing, Mangalam,
0: This is the last class of the semester. So of course, we're going to do a review because uh, in order to move things from your short-term memory to your long-term memory, it's important that you review them. That is how your brain works. So I thought we'd discuss each class and go over the main points that we talked about in each of them. And if you missed one or if you have any questions, or a lot of times we think about things afterwards, then you can bring it up now. So the first class we did was we tried to go deeper in applying Jainism to our life. Hey, come on in. How are you doing? Good to see you. Hey, great to see you. Come on in. Have a seat anywhere. So the first class we did was we tried to apply Jainism to our life and we proved to ourselves that happiness comes from the inside. I mean, we all know that people say that, but kind of hearing something and knowing and believing it are different things. Uh, and how, how did we prove to ourselves that happiness comes from the inside? Well, we took a look at our life, um, the actions we performed uh, bef- without using Jain principles in our life. And we took a look at our life after. And we realized that almost none of the actions we took were any different. What was extremely different was our intentions in doing things and our reactions to things. And so that's how we prove that actually happiness comes from the inside. Uh, One way we put it was, before enlightenment, you hate your life. You chop wood and you carry water, but secretly you wish to get out of it all. You bear with these activities through habit and out of hopelessness, but you really wish you could do something else. In a way, you're a victim. You're a slave. The wood chops you and the water carries you and there's no escape. And this, of course, could go on for eternity and it is like living in an eternal hell. After enlightenment, you're in harmony with the universe. There's no conflict in your mind, and there's no need to escape. Because you've mastered your mind, you're not chopped by the wood and carried by the water anymore. It's your choice to chop the wood and carry the water. So in our life, it's our choice to go to work. It's our choice to take out the trash. It's our choice to uh, fix our cars. It's our choice to come home and teach our children when we could be doing other things. It's our choice because we realize that's something we get to do. That's not something we have to do. It's our choice to perform Nidra and Sambor because we use this, we want to use this precious gift of human life that we have, of free will, to do the most amount of Nidra and sambar as possible. The next class, we talked about how Jainism can help with your relationships. Of course, we f- for children, we focused on Shama, or forgiveness. For friends, we focused on Sarlata, or straightforwardness. For co-workers, we focused on being a congruent person, which is Samyat Nyan, Samyat Charitra. That is the right thoughts, the right speech, and the right action. And um, anekanfad is a big one for co-workers as well. Uh, we talked about the different sides for our life, management versus labor and our jobs, technical versus business people, creative versus business people, and even political differences. So we talked about how uh, Jainism can make your relationships better, which I think a lot of people want. And, and that's one of the ways that I'm not talking about, you know, three lives in the future. I'm not talking about moksha, which is indefinitely in the future. I'm talking about increasing the quality of your life right now. And by increasing the quality of your relationship, Jainism can increase the quality of your life right now. The next class was a fun one. We talked about, do prayers and thoughts for other people really work? When somebody says, if for example, somebody is going through a tough time and they request you to pray for them, does that work? You know, does it work if you pay a hundred people to sit in an ashram and pray for them all the time? Does that work? We talked about a better way to do it would be invite them to pray with you. Say, hey, let's pray together. You're going through a tough time. Let's pray together. And that would get the benefits to you and that other person rather than a kind of nebulous uh, prayer for that person and that person's off doing something else. You don't know what they're doing. (laughs) So questions or comments so far? Thanks to everybody that just joined today. We're doing a review of the semester so we can remember what we learned and make sure we move it Everything from short-term memory to long-term memory. Hi, come on in. Great to see you. And if you have any questions about um, anything we discussed or you thought of something afterwards, then please let me know. Or if you missed a class, then definitely we can talk about some things further. Happy to go back. That's what the entirety of today is, so happy to go back and discuss any of this if you have any questions. Next, we talked about <clears throat> the various Jain sects. Of course, the two big ones, Shvetambar and Digambar. We talked about the history of how they came to be. I think a lot of people really like that. Uh, and we talked about, how, oh, there was this schism. There was this schism before and uh, how that schism got created and who's on what side and what, are, what the issues are. We talked about What causes schisms? Of course, most schisms in most religions are caused by the same three things. That is, a powerful head of state, a powerful charismatic person, or a very learned individual, which people choose to follow. Uh, Jainism is not an outlier in that respect. We have many schisms in that respect. And we talked about even the um, sects that don't have a lot of people, the Therapanti, Bisapanthi. We talked about sects that uh, worship books, for example, um, we talked about, uh, th- there's quite a few. But the the main point was that it mainly ha- is differences in sadhus and sadhis, not lay people. Almost no differences between the sex for lay people. Next, we had a follow-up to the relationships class, and we talked about the bully debate. The bully debate is, of course, why do we use bullies to fund our Jain Center? Why can't we fund Jain Centers with just donations? Um, why do we appeal to people's vanity, to people's ego, in order to raise money? Doesn't that sound a little bit like uh, three of the four enemies we are facing? Not anger, but ego, deceit, uh, maybe not deceit, ego and greed. So two out of the four, I mean, doesn't that sound like we're promoting that? Or is it that we're hacking the human brain for something good rather than something bad? So for example, last class I talked about, I redirect my anger into exercise. I turn something bad into something good, and I don't continue the cycle of violence when I get angry. Well, are we redirecting people's ego and greed into something good? which is raising money for the center, which is, of course, doing very good. Um, people feel differently about that, and uh, so we talked about that um, that class. Questions or comments? Oh,
1: I missed that. Can you like, recap that a little bit on <laughs> the bully part?
0: Sure. There is a debate a lot of people... Do not like bullies. Um, we, um, so for example, let's say everybody congregates in the main hall and we're selling time with these idols. And people, you know, it's, it's like an auction and people get excited and people get excited about spending money to spend time with these idols. And that, of course, is actually one of the, you could call it the Black Friday of the Jane Center, right? It's when we get most of our money, right? And people, there's only like 14, right? So people combine because they can't afford. So people like families combine with each other and, you know, donate thousands and thousands of dollars for a bully. But aren't we perpetuating ego by that? Because people like to get up on stage and hand over a check and be the one to receive the idol. And aren't we perpetuating materialism because... Of course, idol worship is a very heated debate, and that was one of the uh, ways that the different sects differ. And aren't we promoting greed by the Jane Center by having this auction process and running up the numbers? And why can't we just fund the Jane Center through donations? Why do we have to have this big spectacle um, that involves everybody and perpetuates so, so these how, enemies?
2: How would that donation? Just, uh, just just fund the do.
0: entire Jane Center through donations from the box, through anonymous donations that we get now without even without bullies. Um and just and if we don't if we can't fund it, then it's not worth it to increase people's greed and ego, then we just live with whatever we get through donations.
3: I I always thought that what Sangha is trying to exercise is, uh, is another word you call aparigra. Mm-hmm. You cannot just willfully let go of your money. They are providing an environment where people who have money they can do a little bit of aparigra. They can just let it go and, and do it. That's another way to look at it why you know from um, conceptually how it is working right? Because aparigra right. is something that you have enough money and since there is a good deep Happening, or you believe in religion, this religion, you right. come here, you create an environment so that they who has it, they have extra, uh, presumably, and they just kind of don't it. It's working on our paragraph side. That's uh, that's how I understand. I never thought uh, in this way, actually. Sure. You,
0: yeah. yeah, that's great. So you create an environment where you encourage, so we're not encouraging greed. Mm-hmm. We're encouraging non-attachment of people from their money. So we're creating an environment where people are more likely to part with their money.
3: That's how I perceived it in the past. But...
0: Right. Right. And of course, the counter to that would be, well, if those people were really practicing Aparigraha, they would do it anonymously, right? They would do make the same donation anonymously, without the idol, without the music, without the show about it, right? Right. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, Yeah. People maybe people get angry. We have plaques outside right now for our donors. Right. And that's a big one. You know, as I'm working on this new constitution, that's a very big flashpoint. that, hey, we have we want money. We have donors. Um, The donors are willing to part with their money. Are there conditions to that or not? What conditions are we willing to accept? What are we not willing to accept? We have to have a conversation about that. So what do we want you know we want better facilities and well is it enough for all of us to pass around one big hat and donate for better facilities or not <laughs> right <laughs> yeah every room is named right we had a bit brick program right um i don't know what Buy became of that yeah, yeah where you write your family's name on a brick and that will be Part of the new temple, so and
2: then people step on it on the, <laughs> <laughs> the legs. Also, once, <laughs> also around <laughs> when we are technically, yes, <laughs> yeah, when we are discussing this subject, I think somebody had sent a video uh, on Dad's uh, group chat. I remember, Marasai explaining, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was also a bit uh, a different way of thinking. Yeah. Cost, price, and value. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's
0: what, it was
2: very well said, I said, I Yeah, that was a very good video as well, which gives perspective on movies. So, something to go back and refer to.
0: Other questions or comments? Are there any other religions that do? have
1: sure. Silent auction is very common for most people. But still, you are announcing yourself. Not in the public, but you are... Writing your names, and you are the highest bidder. You get that. At the end of the day, maybe in the book or pamphlet or somewhere, your name will be there.
0: Next class, we discussed our Jane texts or agams. We found out where they came from, how many there are, um, what language they're written in, where you can go now to see them, and. Um, how they came to be, which, of course, is uh, closely tied with our discussion on Jain sex. And that's why it came after that, um, because the different sects believe in the validity of different agams and most importantly, what they say. Usually, um, they quite a few of them have to deal with, of course, sadhus and sadvis and uh, not lay people. And then continuing our series on Jain culture, we talked about Jain holidays. Of course, we talked about the big three, Pariushan, uh, Mahavir Jainthi, which was the birth of Mahavir, and Diwali, which is the attainment of Nirvana of Mahavir. And a lot of people like that we talked about really minor holidays that uh, we didn't even, some people didn't even know exist. For example, the day of celebrating knowledge, which is Jnan Panchmi, a day of silence, that was a very popular one, a day where we all take a vow of silence. Um, and so there's quite a few holidays that I knew nothing about, and uh, we talked about those holidays. The next class was a very interesting one. Uh, we, we called it a logical summary of Jainism, and it's good for an outsider's perspective. It's always good to take a look at things with new eyes or from an outsider's perspective. We started with the question, what is the point of Jainism? The point of Jainism is to achieve moksha, that is to get yourself out of the cycle of life and death. And we just ask the next logical question from there. Well, uh, how do I achieve moksha? Well, you get rid of your karma. Well, why do I need to get rid of my karma? Well, your soul and this karma binds you into the cycle of life and death. Okay, how do I do that? So we just ask the next logical question that, for example, an outsider would when you talk about Jainism. We ended up concluding in that class that the thing, the most important stumbling block that's in our way right now for our own spiritual progress is that we do not consider ourselves to be souls. That is, many of the questions we asked were answered with, well, you're your soul, not your body. And if I can convince you that you're a soul and you can convince yourself that you're a soul, your spiritual progress will go through the roof. Because when you start seeing yourself as a soul, your relationship with the entirety of reality changes. Next, we talked about how Jainism can help you age with grace. Uh, aging is a very pre- is a very predictable thing, and it has very predictable problems. Uh, we talked about the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven problems of age aging, and we talked about how Jainism can help with each of the seven problems. First, engagement and purpose. Um, when you're as you get older, it's especially after retire. It's hard to find. Purpose In your day-to-day activities and engagement with the world, you might start to feel isolated and things like that. Um, of course, Jainism, from a Jain perspective, you have more time to do as much samver as near as possible, which is why we're here. Um, and so we should look forward to retiring and we should look forward to having less obligations or perhaps less material and less social um activities, because we can ramp up our samvar and nirdra. Financially, of course, that is a big thing about getting old. Um, Of course, Jainism can help us uh, be at peace with living a lower standard of living. Many of us are going to outlive our money if we're lucky. Uh, We'll run out of money before we run out of life. And so it's okay that your standard of living goes down and Jainism helps you understand that happiness comes from the inside, and no matter what standard of living you have, that has no, uh, we often think of our standard of living as our quality of life as proportional to the amount of money we have, but of course, Jainism tells us, no, that's not true. You can be very poor and very happy. Next, uh, mobility and movement, of course, is restricted as we've grow old. Well, it helps when you accept that you're a soul and not a body. This restriction of mobility and movement is something that is happening to a body, which is not you. You can still have a zest and a zeal for each day, even if your mobility isn't what it was. Next, uh, daily living and lifestyle. Of course, we're going to need help when we get older. And we have to let go of our pride and learn how to accept help accept help from other people, accept help from our children who have our best interests in mind. We have to battle our ego. We have to learn to be humble about not being able to walk, not being able to hear, uh, not being able to get around like we once were. And we have to learn how to start asking for help, how to be vulnerable, how to let other people take care of us. That is something we have to learn, right? And it's something that could go very badly. Of course, we can easily see where that that can go badly. Um, In addition, we have to learn how to not get angry with our caregivers. Of course, that's one of our enemies is anger. So next, brain health. Uh, Of course, meditation and mindfulness will help you with brain health. We have to learn how to not be in control. And that's very disorienting for us because we always want to be in control. And it's very hard for us to put ourselves in circumstances right now where we're not in control to get some experience with not being in control. And of course, uh, the end of life, there's a lot of anxiety associated with the end of life. But, and this is the big thing. When you realize you're a soul, you moving to your next life will be significantly easier. Uh, It will be a burden off of your shoulders. All you're doing is you're moving to the next life. And guess what? It's probably going to be better than this life because of you were able to take advantage of this life to do as much somber and neager as possible. So you're going to a better life. And you'll know that, of course, your family uh, are souls themselves and they will be moving on to another life. And... Uh, as we experience death in the family and friends, it's significantly easier when we realize that who they are has not died because they are souls, just their body has died. Questions or comments on that? You know, just uh, I guess, comment. We say health, wealth, happiness.
2: and happiness or all three or health
0: and happiness no wealth health and wealth are thing health is a thing of the body although i've mentioned many times that you are your soul and not your body it doesn't mean we don't exercise and take care of our body because the some people say that the body is like a material thing So I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm not going to shower. I'm not going to brush my teeth. I'm not going to worry about my hair. And there's something to be said for that, like I'm not worried about my appearance. However, what this class has concluded is that we must eat right and exercise because that gives us an opportunity to do as much somber and nidra as possible, which is the point of the whole thing, right? Um, And so, okay, so health, yes, I would... For that, I would say, yes, that's a Jain, that's a germane Jain topic. Wealth, of course, we want to do charity. We want to not be attached to things. Um, That's certainly a germane Jain topic. And happiness is, of course, a germane Jain topic because we realize what causes our happiness and Jainism will tell us how to be happy. So, yeah, I would say that all those things are um, included in Jainism. Anybody here worried about getting old? That's great. I had a little panic attack um, the other day about getting old because we were talking about um, mental deterioration. Somebody was telling me about their family members that was going through that. So, And then uh, Jainism helped me calm down a little bit. <laughs> Okay, next we did our SMART goals. Did any, um, in case you weren't here, we already made our goals for next semester. So make sure you do that. Um, We have, we made sure they were SMART. That is, we made sure they were specific, measurable, achievable, resourced, and time bound. Does anybody have their goal sheet? Does anybody, um, is anybody making progress toward their goals? I know it was just a couple weeks ago, but. We could be making progress toward them.
2: I thought it starts next year. Sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You thought January 1st was a starting day. When you start working (laughs) on it, you just write them down now. (laughs) Uh, I might have some. Do I have any? You, you, You put it on the
2: chat. My phone's in the car.
0: Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, we filled out the table. So, in case you missed that class... It's the same table we always use, Uh, and so just fill out that table, and um, you can start hacking your mind and working for yourself instead of letting other people control you and letting yourself be used for other people's goals. Next, we talked about real ahimsa for real life. We talked about what is fake ahimsa. Well, fake ahimsa is something we do as an excuse to uh, feel better than other people, and justify why we don't practice real ahimsa. Uh, we talked about how anger is not a choice for people practicing real ahimsa. And we talked about how, well, how do you get to where a place where anger isn't a choice for you? Well, you realize it's a choice that you make each time. And just like all anger is directed at the self, all anger is a choice that you made. And, uh, Practical applications of anger management is just giving ourselves enough time to make the choice. Because often when we get angry, we don't give ourselves a choice because we react right away. So the safety valves of taking deep breaths and counting to 10 and focusing on the bigger picture and doing all that is to give ourselves enough time to make the correct choice. And that was it. Uh, so a lot of times we don't realize how much we talk about each semester. And so that's why classes like this are important. Um, and it's important to apply all of these things to your life. Like I, I often think a lot of times we, uh, we go to the Jain Center each week and we think about Jainism then. And then we kind of think about it after class. And then kind of maybe if we're lucky, we think about Jainism that evening. But by Monday, it's totally gone. It's like a shot that disappears. And the effectiveness is totally gone. And we're not worried about applying it to our life, even though it'll make our life better. And then when Friday comes, we start thinking, oh, I got to go to the Jain Center. I wonder what we're going to talk about. And then Saturday comes. And then Sunday was like, oh, Yeah. I'm in a hardcore Jane today, you know. Only on Sunday. <laughs> um, the, of course, the purpose of this class has always been to take it out of the classroom and make you realize that Jainism can increase the quality of your life right now. And so, if if we want, you know, we can try to tell ourselves to be better Janes during the week and give ourselves reminders of that—a kind of a forced mindfulness technique, rather than it being every Sunday. Um, any, any ways to help make it part of our lives more? And not just be a shot we get every Sunday that wears off throughout the week.
2: We had started that No Karol thing which uh, last few weeks I have failed. Mm-hmm. But it went on for quite a bit and we made it a habit. That's great. our 15 minutes of thinking about jaynism. Right. That worked out very well for me, but last, I think, about four, five weeks since November, I have miserably failed. But it was something that helped me remind that there was peer pressure as well. Right. It helped. <laughs> hey, I'm supposed to do my part. It was a more
1: reminder than peer pressure. Exactly. Yeah. You are the longest one to hold that.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah it worked yes. out well for me, but... Uh, it still can. It can. Yeah. it can. January, I'm going to start. <laughs> I, I do that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. no, no, I, I do
1: that, but I don't post it. I don't do it regularly. But yeah, me I'm not doing yeah.
2: regularly. I kind of missed the track, but, yeah, I don't know, that worked
0: for me. And that's why, um, there is a, kind of, good thing, when we see, what other religions, they make the religion, a part of their everyday life, right? Like, their greetings, like we have a J.J. That reminds us that, hey, we're two Jains talking with each other. They have greetings about, you know, how religion is great and God is great. And that translates to hello in their language, you know. Or or they have, like, they surround themselves with, like, um, you know, Christian music or something that they listen to. And they have, you know, like, movies incorporate their religious values. And what that does is that reminds you, like, oh... You're supposed to be religious throughout your life, not just on the Sunday. And there's not a divide, right? So a lot of times we have that divide, especially at work. You know, we don't talk about religion at work. You're not supposed to bring it up. No, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you to live your life at work in accordance with Jane Valley. Right. I'm not telling you to bring it into your work. (laughs) Um, And so right now is a good example. uh, We're going to go into this period where we're not going to see each other. And does that mean you're going to forget about Jainism until I text you and remind you that we have class on January X X date, you know, or how how are we going to get through this time? How are we going to make sure we achieve our goals? That That's what all of these classes have been for, right? I've been trying to convince you that it will help your quality of life. I've been like making you write down these goals, you know, that you may never look at again. I asked you if you opened the book. Did anybody open the book? Nobody opened the book. I asked you if you opened the book and took a look at this. Um, so how are we going to get through this uh, holiday time?
1: I don't have the answer for that, but I have <laughs> other things to, to kind of uh, lay on. Sure, let's talk about that. Um, one of the topics we talk about, the strength and weakness, is uh, the same side of the coin. or the That's right. If you say that was our open sp- challenge, right? Open in, a, challenge in addition to someone. the anger one. one. Yeah. So, you know, the scenario, I'm not sure it is a, it's considered as a strength, but there is a person in the office who enjoys hunting, uh, never miss a bit bit to kill an insect. And he feels like that's his strength. It's maybe a habit, not a more like a strength or weakness. But if you consider that as one of his weakness, what is the strength we are talking about, or weakness we are talking about?
0: Oh, uh, the the strength is pride of power. That is, it makes him feel good to kill other things because it makes him feel powerful. It makes him feel smart. It makes him feel um, physically powerful, mm-hmm. uh, and it makes him uh, he enjoys having control over those things. So, of course, that's a weakness, right? Uh, Pride is a weakness. He could easily find himself in a situation where his pride gets him in trouble. Uh, Physically being, uh, physically imposing, of course, is a weakness as well. You will seduce yourself into thinking that will work until you meet somebody bigger than you. And then you get put in your place, right? Or somebody who knows how to fight or somebody who actually... A professional fighter pick a fight with the wrong guy, and okay. then you'll get put in your place, right? Sure. Um, so those are definitely weaknesses that will come back back to haunt that person.
1: Okay. What about getting angry every minute?
0: That's a weakness, uh-huh. and how is it a strength? Uh-huh. What is the other side of the coin of a kind of a constant anger? Well, it means you're decisive. It means you prefer action. It means you prefer doing something.
1: People uh, fear you. People fear you. And so that's, that's that's their strength, right? You know, that's the way that... It could be. My kids won't do things because they think that dad's going to get mad, right? You know? Could be, yeah.
3: Just sure. using that as a strength. Right? I'm not saying it's the right thing. It's an angry shortcut. The way I think it, I can, if I want to do something or get my team or let's say family to do something, I can spend one and a half day to explain and convince them or I can just shout one statement. And, and I know that what we have, I've have thought through it, you know, this is the right thing to do, but still convincing them takes more time mm-hmm. and just, you know, heavy headedly you do it. They will realize it two days later, yeah, it was a good thing. But I took a shortcut rather than and created that behavior in them. But anger right. is a shortcut in that sense. Is that for them to realize it or for you to realize it? About
2: not the, getting angry, right? Because Jainism is about you. It's not about them. Yes. Yeah, we
1: are talking about strength and weaknesses. Yeah, right? no, so, saying,
2: you know, it's not the right or wrong yeah. or per
1: Jainism is good or not. We are saying, is it other side to it? It's kind of it is
0: yeah, I would say the other side to anger is passion and i by passion I'm not talking about anger ego deceit degree, greed I'm talking about passion like you're excited about something okay like you're excited to make things happen and make things move you have a, like you can use your anger like in politics like your outrage and that <clears throat> makes you push for change sure. I would say that's the other side of the coin. So in case anybody missed it, we have a quite a few open challenges in this class. Uh, I, I um, dare you to come up with a scenario where anger is not directed at the self because we define anger as the mismatch between expectations and reality. And every time you get angry, you're getting angry at yourself. And of course, we added a new one to that one, which is I dare you to come up with a scenario where anger is not a choice that you made. There... For example, try to come up with the scenario where there is no other choice but to be angry. It's probably very hard. Um, We have some uh, the other open challenge we have is all strengths are weaknesses and all weaknesses are strengths. It just depends on how you characterize them. They're two sides of the same coin. Uh, I can tell you just like Bhavan said, he brought up a weakness to me, and I can tell you what the strength of that is, or. bring up a strength to me I can tell you what a weakness of that is and that's because all of reality is subjective we filter everything uh through our senses and there's no objectivity and that leads to some uncomfortable truths for example you might consider that there are no facts at all in the universe um every because everything is subjective there's no such thing as a fact um and different things like that so think about those things and um let me know if you have any Uh, scenarios that might break our rules that we agreed upon. Any other questions or comments? Well, we have a little time here. Anything do you want um, this class to be about? Uh, Last time we had a prayer discussion because that question came up. We had a question about relationships. That turned into two classes because somebody said, hey, I'm... How can Jainism help me with my relationship? So I thought that was great. Anything do you want this class to be about? Any topics you want to discuss? Any questions that you have? So this is your class, right? So if you have a question about Jainism, I want to talk about it. Because my interest is in helping your spiritual progress. Yes.
1: Would you consider the luck being the same as part of Karma
0: yes, what people call luck is actually karma in action. Okay. Any questions or comments about anything we talked about? Thanks to everybody who showed up here and to everybody who's online right now. Really appreciate your time today and we'll see you next year. Hope you have a happy new year.